0: You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R dot net. And use the code boncoeurcitycast20. A new drug detox center opened in Portland this fall, and it's notable for two reasons— It's the first to focus on fentanyl addiction, and the first that was funded by Measure 110. That was the drug decriminalization law that voters approved a few years ago, but since it's been hammered because of its slow start funding recovery programs. So is Measure 110 finally starting to pay off? Today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with Portland Mercury News Editor Courtney Vaughn about the impact that this new detox center might have and what it tells us about the future of Measure 110. It's Wednesday, November 8th. I'm John Natariani, in for Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. So tell me a little bit about this new detox center that... Opened recently in Southeast. Like how do people access it? How does it work?
1: Yeah. So the new detox center, it's in Southeast Portland, right off Foster Road. It it opened back in late September. And the way it works is, um, you know, you can call them or you could maybe get a referral to the site. But essentially it's an inpatient detox center, meaning people stay overnight. Um and the goal is to focus on folks who need to, you know, withdraw from fentanyl specifically. Um, so medically managed withdrawal, so um, patients do need to stay there for about three to five days. And then from there, they can go on to you a know, full-fledged treatment center, which is where they really work on recovering from addiction.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, and this isn't the first treatment center that exists in the city. There have been other ones that have been open before, but... Um, I mean, I have been hearing that there's just an uptick in the need for these types of spaces because of the fentanyl crisis. Is that correct?
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean, and that's what service providers are saying is, you know, Oregon's landscape of treatment centers was already pretty bleak. But once the fentanyl crisis hit, um, you know, it really magnified the problem without having adequate time to bolster the services so now we're we're at where we are at where we do have a fentanyl crisis which is why centers like this are saying they're going to try to focus on that
0: yeah yeah i mean and one of the things that was interesting about this center in particular and one of the reasons i wanted to talk about it is because this was one of the first if not the first detox center that has opened in Portland that was funded by Measure 110, right? Right. That was the law that was passed decriminalizing drug use, but it also had all these implications for trying to have more treatment options. Why did it take so long to get this thing open?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, that was one of the sort of initial complaints. But if you think about the timeline, uh, you know, so Measure 110 went into effect in 2021. Uh, the Detox Center that I profiled, uh, I think they got their first round of funding in 2022. It did take a while, but my feeling is um, it also took a while for them to sort of accumulate the, the cannabis tax dollars that they needed to and get all the steps in place to be able to set this up. So from 2021 until you know 2023... Um, it was a little bit of a slow process, but some folks say, you know, that that
0: kind of is to be expected. What do we know about the provider? What do we know about the company that is running this place?
1: Yeah, so the provider is uh, Recovery Works Northwest. You know, this is not their first rodeo, so to speak. They've been doing this for a while. One of the doctors that they work with said, you know, this is really where the need is at. Um, that some of the providers that they're working with in terms of nurses and doctors have switched their professions to really focus on addiction treatment services because. There's just such a big need for it. But Recovery Works Northwest is sort of, um, they've got a a pretty big staff. They are fully staffed at that particular center, but they are using sort of a ramped up approach. So they're certainly not the only provider, but they're one of what the state calls a behavioral health resource network. So uh, there's a particular term that they use for folks who were given measure $110 to set up services and Recovery Works Northwest is one of them. So they have a full-time medical um, expert or staffer, I should say, on-site there at all times. Um, And then so they've got a network of doctors and I think a nurse practitioner who's involved with that particular site. And they've also got other sites, I think, out in Washington County and some other parts of the state.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so interesting with Measure 110 because this has been, you know, there's been a lot of sort of political back and forth and bantering and and discussion about how that might not make it through the next session intact that some lawmakers are looking at starting to sort of change it or maybe even dismantle it in some ways but you know we are beginning to see some data of like what the effect the law has been having in recent months right it might be a little bit too early with this center in particularly to really say how it's paying off but like what are you seeing about how many people are getting served because of stuff that's been put in place by measure 110 in general
1: yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I can say that I just heard back from the center recently, they have been able to serve about 50 people. So keep in mind, they just opened late September, and they've been operating at about half capacity, so they can sort of ramp up. Um, so they, they call that a win. Mm-hmm. You know, Initially, they said they wanted to be able to serve about 1200 people a year. And then in terms of statewide, um, the, the data that, that I looked at, which spans July 2022 to March 2023, indicates that across the state about 15,000 people have gotten some form of treatment from that, that reporting period. so that you know there's a lot of folks who are saying that that is a win. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're, we're getting to everybody who needs to access some form of treatment or wraparound services, but they're saying you know it, we're, they're definitely seeing success and they're seeing upticks over each reporting quarter. so they're also happy to see that.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you think lawmakers are able to take those numbers and hold them up and say, hey, this is finally working? Or or is it still kind of mixed, the whether or not Measure 110 is, is hitting the goals that we had hoped that it would in terms of both reducing incarceration and the costs associated with that, but also in increasing treatment?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I definitely think there are some lawmakers who are pointing to this as a measure of success and saying, you know, we are serving thousands of people who probably wouldn't have had access before. We've got more, um, we've got sort of a pipeline in place that says we can interact with folks and, and get them referrals instead of it having to be completely on their own volition. But I definitely think you're also going to see a contingent of lawmakers. And we're already saying that who say, um, we've got too many people who are overdosing or, or, um, experiencing fatal overdoses. We've got too many people, uh, using drugs on our streets. Whether that's a direct result of this measure or just a coincidence of when the fentanyl crisis hit, I think it remains to be seen. Um, but I certainly think you're going to see contingents of folks yeah. you know, yeah. on both sides. Some are saying this is a great example of what we can do with with a little bit of funding uh, and other folks saying, look, we, we haven't seen the result, and we still have this crisis.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, something that I thought was interesting when I was researching this—the this statement from Oregon Representative Rob Noss, and his estimate is that like this has saved the criminal justice system forty million dollars since it went into place, right? And 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 it's so wild to think back a couple years ago—that's where we were when Measure One Ten started. It wasn't even really about drugs; it was about decreasing incarceration of people, um, but. I mean, at the same time, we've sort of seen this big uptick in like the use of drugs and like the way that fentanyl is affecting the community. So I don't know. I like, I'm sort of trying to hold both of those ideas side by side and I'm wondering what... What you think of when you look at that?
1: Yeah, I mean, just speaking from personal experience, I can say, and speaking, um, you know, drawing on the conversations I've had with folks in the district attorney's office, is, you know, it really it becomes this sort of vicious cycle when you're prosecuting people for just drug possession or drug use crimes, where it's just this revolving door sometimes, and they they really don't feel like it's a it's an effective way to address the problem, and you know. Being in jail might force you to withdraw or detox, but it's not a very safe method of doing so. Medically managed detox is definitely um, a lot safer where you have people who are experts and and physicians who can say this is what needs to happen because, you know, withdrawing from any substance, be it alcohol or drugs, can actually be really, really dangerous for your system. So I think there's a case to be made that uh, being in a proper treatment center is a much safer Uh, more effective option than just throwing someone in jail.
0: Yeah, I mean, because overdoses in jail are a very real problem as well. Right, right. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about the path to hopefully fixing the opioid crisis here in Oregon. But first, let's take a quick break. I think we can all agree that this is a good thing that this exists, but like, you know, we're talking about 50 people over a couple months, and I don't think that anybody said that this treatment center was going to fix the opioid crisis in Oregon. Um, But I'm wondering, you know, this is one brick in the path to trying to get there. Like, how meaningful is the opening of a detox center like this? And where does it fit into like what, what else is happening in the region to try and Solve some of these problems?
1: I mean, that's a good question. And I think a lot of that, um, you know, only time will tell. I I think you're right. When you look at 50 people, it doesn't seem like enough when we know, you know, the scope of the problem. But I also think that's probably 50 more people than would have been served. And it's Mm going to be, like you said, a brick by brick approach. I don't think this particular singular center is going to be the fix for everything, but I definitely think it's going to make uh, an impact. And I think what we're also seeing already is uh, more treatment centers are going to start coming online. I think there's talks of already some in um, nearby. Oh, really? Yeah, we're here, I think, um, across the Portland metro region. We're going to see more facilities like this come online once they get a, a sense of, you know, identifying proper space and staffing and all that. But um, so I think it's going to take time. Um, I definitely think this this particular Foster Road Detox Center is um a helpful part of the equation but um it's going to take you know we need to multiply this <laughs> for yeah. things to really work
0: yeah yeah i mean and again like this is just one piece of like the measure 110 system and like the stuff that's being put into place there and that is also just one piece of like there's stuff going on at a state level there's legislative ideas that are being thrown around there's like policing that's happening at the city level um like of all the other things that are going on outside of this one detox center like what are you looking at that you feel like could be making a big difference right now like what else what else is important
1: yeah i think that's a that's that's also the million dollar question right is um i'm kind of with the notion that we just have to get fentanyl off the streets if we can right i mean if people don't have access to it that's That's going to help. But that's a huge undertaking.
0: Yeah. And you had some reporting on that uh, recently, too, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we have seen, I mean, um, they're really ramping up police. So they're trying to say, we're focusing on downtown. You know, we're throwing more uh, Oregon State police at um, trying to crack down on fentanyl. We've got Portland police looking at this. Uh, So they're really trying to look at it from that angle of just getting the drugs off the streets. And then I think they're trying to. just sort of ramp up the referrals, right? So when people get um, when they interact with the justice system, the hope is that they'll be able to. Um, now they have logs of these folks, and they can figure out, you know, can they send them for treatment if they're not going to jail? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of the part of it. But I also think you're going to see more um, just public education coming out of this. I don't. I mean, it hasn't really ramped up yet, but I think we've already seen that in some of the school districts, really starting young and educating people about. Um, there are you. You just need to assume that every drug you're trying to use is going to you know outside of maybe cannabis is probably going to have fentanyl in it. So mm-hmm. buying street drugs mm-hmm. is is not. Uh, it's a really risky move. So I think it's it got to be multi pronged. And then my personal, I, I'm I'm a I want to lobby for this. I think that we should have hotline numbers and resources on like every tri bus. I think we really need to just sure. get the information out there. Do everything we can plaster mm-hmm. the city if we have to with resources so people don't feel uh stuck or you know feel like they don't know where to turn
0: yeah 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 i mean gosh i, I feel like we spent so many weeks and months on this show talking about like all the reasons that, that this is such a big issue and yeah. such a big problem but like at the same time there's so much going on to try and fix it you know like yeah. as long as there continues to be a lot of attention on this like maybe we can maybe we can beat it maybe we can get to the other side of it yeah Well, um, thanks for filling me in, and thanks for all your reporting. Really appreciate it, Courtney.
1: Great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: And now for your microdose of news. Many local Portland businesses are now offering special deals to Portland public school teachers who are on strike. Teachers can purchase penny pints at Culmination Brewery or pick up some free soft serve at Milk Glass Market, for example. And speaking of strikes, the medical imaging technicians at Kaiser Permanente have now joined striking pharmacy staff on the picket line. A larger multi-state strike against the healthcare giant was resolved last month. And finally, in response to our coverage of a Washington state senator who made it through PDX security with a pistol in his luggage, we heard from listener Andrew with this. Quote, I used to work in the commercial airline industry, and we were often audited by the FAA. The results are utterly disturbing, to say the least. They failed these audits about 90% of the time at most airports. So your categorization of TSA as, quote, safety theater is so accurate, it actually hurts. Well, thank you, I guess, Andrew, for writing in with this horrifying piece of news. If any of the rest of you wanted to reach out, send us an email, portland at citycast.fm or leave us a voicemail at 503-208-5448. And for more local events and news, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. Well, that's all for us today here on CityCast Portland, but thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, Tell a friend about it or leave us a rating or a review. I'm John Natariani, in for Claudia Mezza. We'll be back tomorrow morning with a lot more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slims.